0: Long Sega Saturn is long. Why is it so long? Uh, Yeah, alright, so somebody kind of got a hold of a development Sega Saturn, and it's like, well, if you just look at the picture, it's like three times oh, no, no, I know. I, I saw that picture of the
1: like, long-ass uh, Sega. I'm like, huh, why is that Sega so long?
0: Yeah, uh, I guess it has just a shit ton of computer in it, I guess. I like to think it, it's... apparently it's just the address checker to make sure that the uh memory is within bounds for a game. Hmm. So it looks like they just like attached a computer to a Sega Saturn. Goes That's back really to my idea how I like. want the
1: PS5 to work. I just dropped another PS4 on top of my PS4 and they merged <laughs> together into the PS5, yeah. i it would be completely impractical, but like if there was a way to like pop the top off of consoles and stack them. So it's like okay, yeah, like you're only—it's like you only have to have one of these plugged in now, but like if you put the disc into any like into the correct one, you can play off of it. I think that
0: would be so cool. It's not how
1: anything should work, at the same time, it'd be so cool if consoles had server tech like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the whatever the U.S. military, or I guess it was Department of Defense, put together a uh, super network. That was of the PS3s. 3, yeah,
1: that would, yeah now sports using them as like a slave together kind of supercomputer situation I'm talking yeah. like I can build a better console by stacking them where it's like no no by <laughs> like, like you buy the disk drive portion that's the base console and you just make it better by like stacking the PS5 brick on top of the PS4 brick and it's like ha ha
0: the Sony Spire kind of or something kind of like the yeah. 32X kind
1: of yeah I-, I love the 32X for that dumbness like <laughs>
0: It was a Instead terrible... of making a new console, just kind of add on to that motherfucker. I-,
1: I wish the 32X was better designed so it could handle infinite stacking, but yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, just one 32X just stacks several 32Xs on top of each other. You know, and in theory, every time you put another one on, it's 32 times the power, yeah, right? Okay. <laughs> and
1: every five years, or maybe less than, maybe more like every 20 years you go in and go... Here are all of my stackers. Give me the new base They go here. You go. And you build
0: a small town out of them.
1: I don't fucking know. I. It's not how technology should work. But I think it'd be cool if it did.
0: But it kind of does. Yeah. I mean, with the thirty-two X, that's that's exactly well, even like most how of the it fucking works.
1: Sega mat. That's not Sega. The Sega Master System. You could like stack different stuff into like that. Like, was cartridges you could do that with, or something, where it was like the Game Genie had the thing and then you could stack like four or five other cartridges out of that to like do weird shit. I for the Sega Master System. It wasn't the I, Master, there was some Sega system you it could do some weird have, stacking.
0: I think well, I know the Genesis had some weird stacking. Maybe I'm thinking Genesis. In, in yeah. part because there's also the power base converter where you yeah. can play Sega Master System games on the Genesis as well. So in theory, you could like stack like a 32X with a uh with a Sonic uh Sonic and Knuckles <laughs> and then stack a power based converter on top of that motherfucker <laughs> and then put it in a Sega Master System game.
1: Yeah, I have I have weird memories of me and my friends playing like Jenga with Sega cartridges at one point or something like that where it was about just kind of like who could stack up. And the then
0: level. like also like there is a gen a, a game genie so you could put a Game Genie on top of that, or somewhere in that, you know, after, before, after the 32X, yeah. like Sonic and Knuckles. And then, like, eventually just throw the power base converter on top of that. So now you just have a really powerful Sega Master Yeah.
1: Yeah. How about that tall Sega, not that long
0: Sega, apparently? I don't know. Yeah. See, we've got tall Sega and we have long Sega.
1: Something about that sounds weirdly dirty, and I'm not sure why my mind thinks it is. You got that long Sega. That Sega.
0: Hello and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast. Episode number two thirty five. I am Kraken Zero, aka Henry, joining me as always is Charlie, aka Mordack, yo, and Alex, aka Mave Online. Woody Woo! Indeed, it's, it's been a uh, up and down <laughs> week. Uh, my
1: anxiety levels were not prepared for this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this week has been
2: just amazing. I hate
1: everything about the internet right now. Just
0: it's the everything. best and the worst of the internet. But also, <laughs> I love everything that's happening. Right uh, it, but but I have no skin in the game, so I don't really care. We'll get to this later. Like, we
1: don't need we don't need to talk about stonks this early in our video game podcast.
2: Stonks.
1: True. Uh, True. Did you get anything this week? Because I sure as fuck didn't. What was that? Uh, did either of you two get up to anything this week? Because I sure as fuck didn't. Like, I... Uh, stocks? I Yeah, I found myself in the perfect, like, perfect storm situation of a little bit too much podcast bullshit going on simultaneously and not quite enough days to do it. I realized I may have, may have suddenly overextended myself last week where I'm like, ha, huh. I'm up till one a.m. on work nights doing podcast bullshit. A little bit too much this week. Whoops. Yeah, that's that. No,
2: that's late. Uh, Yeah, we podcast stuff. Yeah, we
1: got. It's not super late by my standards. It's more the multiple nights in a row of having to pull late night stuff to get stuff up correctly. I, our production schedule went to shit for a week or two. Where I'm like, oh god, this stacked up real bad on me, real bad. And last weekend, me and my wife went to look at getting a second pug. And while well, that was awesome, it was like, ha! My recording day, my editing day is gone. Shit. When's the next day we have editing free? Friday. Oh, we have like three things go up between here and Friday.
3: Fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, my life.
1: Yeah, more on the pug topic next week, though, hopefully. We're still up. We we have selected some pugs. They have to go through the vetting process, as they have to go to a vet and be cleared, and then we'll see what happens.
2: But yes, I may have a two dog household
1: in the near future, which will be great. Oh
2: nice. Yes. Another pug? Yep.
1: I, I fully admit that once you go pug, it's very hard to think about getting other dogs because you just want that kind of cannonball buddy of a dog for the rest of your life, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Cause they're not dogs, they're pugs. They're just like, yeah. I'm I'm kind of a cat, but I'm also kind of a dog, and mostly I'm just kind of like your mammal-based Tamagotchi that wants to hang out and poops occasionally and wants to do nothing most of the time, and really likes, you, really <laughs> likes watching you play video games to like sleep on your legs. I They're fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They're your little buddies. Don't get pugs. They're tragic, tragic breeds, but do, do rescue pugs if you feel so inclined. That's what me and my mm-hmm. wife have done. We are Absolutely. continuing to do... We are, yeah, the the rescue we got scrump from and consequently getting this dog from, hopefully, just got a giant influx of dogs from China, ironically, or they rescued a bunch of dogs from China, and that the videos from that place are fantastic, because it's like Thirty some odd pugs just milling us like a fucking motorcycle rally in one building you're like yeah oh god their <laughs> brachial systems are, t- are shot aren't they but this is so ridiculous sounding but yeah that's enough about my non-video game ass week what have you two been up to
2: um anyone play not... anything uh yeah no, I mean I've been doing my usual WoW stuff right now um I did da- re-download the Division 2 um just because i saw they're doing that uh
1: yeah we talked about some last week yeah
2: yeah the resident evil thing so i uh i got there and it turns out their expansion was on sale for dirt cheap so i was like well i'll just pick it up while i'm at it sure fuck it yeah i think i'm gonna play uh some division two this week since i haven't played that in a while and i need a shooter in my life that's not overwatch at the moment if so. i was
1: smart i play a lot of destiny between here and when we record this in tuesday so i can finish off my season pass but
2: i don't think i'm going to pull that off hmm. <laughs> yeah I, I was a little burnt out on destiny
1: too so I, I so. this season was weird and i think it had a weird time for me like it same it, it overlapped I haven't, I haven't badly i've played with i
0: still i've only played just only at the very beginning of the season when I gave my own kind of review of the, how the unpaid tier felt like. I'd say it and got I, better over time, like once the I'm season sure it stuff did, started, it's fine. I, I just didn't, I don't know, for some reason or another, I just didn't feel like going back in it. I think part of it was, because I didn't buy in, see previous seasons, I did buy in. Yeah. I bought the season pass. And so I had to re kind of a, I paid for it, I'm going to get I'm going to yeah. you know, try to get my value out of it. But this season, yeah, I didn't. And consequently, I just didn't really feel terribly well, no, uh, terribly motivated to hop back in it. So, Yeah, this season more had the problem for
1: me of some choices were made on a kind of game design standpoint that I don't necessarily disagree with. But then Valhalla, Cyberpunk, and Hitman came out during the season, and I'm Mm. like, I would rather play any of these games a little bit more than kind of do the Destiny grind. I was hunting heavy for a while, but then other stuff happened where I'm like, yeah, I want to play Cyberpunk. It's a bad game. You shouldn't play it. I play Destiny, good sir. I obviously have no taste in good (laughs) video games. (laughs) Good day, sir. Good day. You can take your trash, correct opinions elsewhere who actually wants to hear it. It's been for Hitman now, and Hitman is good. Hitman's fun still. Yeah, I've, I'm i trying my hardest to force that game into the episodic kind of approach that that game did for the first game that I love so much, where I'm like, okay, you can play the first two missions a lot. Like, I played through the entire thing now, but I'm like, but now, don't, like, only spend time on the first mission till the end of January and then you can start doing both missions again come February, and that's actually kind of done the trick a little bit. It's not quite as good because it's self-imposed, but I, it's so weird that I so fondly remember the episodic release structure for the first of this Hitman trilogy. I don't know why I love it as much as I did, mostly because it was like, hey, Hitman's back, and you're like, fuck yeah, it is! <laughs> Hitman comes out in two weeks. Woo! More Hitman, you say. It's been great. so I, I hate the episodic structure for like narratively driven games, but I would love to see it applied to more games like Hitman where it's like, no no, you really got to delve into the puzzle of this mission of this level because there was no next mission. And you've done this like five times already. I What I'm trying to say is Hitman 3 is a great game, and if you've not picked it up yet and like Hitman, you you probably it's good Hitman. Even if the bringing stuff over from previous games system is trash. But we talked about Hitman plenty last week. Don't need to talk about it again. Do we just want to dive into news, I guess? Like, we've had pretty Um, low weeks. I
0: I haven't... Sorry, I thought you did talk about your week. No.
2: My bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, I said mine was, like, meh. That was it. Nothing much so.
0: (laughs) Sorry. um, Apologies, Henry. So, I didn't... So, I was actually pretty busy with work stuff this week. So, I didn't really uh, get up to that much stuff. Be honest. Like the only real game that I played all week was KOF All Star, and that's you know casual thing I'm doing off the side while I'm doing other things. And so it it it's not always super demanding of my attention. You know, just kind of taking things, especially because it's really easy to get tons of skip tickets that just allow you to like do an activity and just oh no, and not have to actually play through it. So. So just using lots of skip tickets doesn't really demand my attention. So, uh, and they have they have all sorts of stuff going on right now that make it really easy. It's like, log in, do some things, and get loads more free stuff. And they have, like, multiple things that are kind of overlapping now. That's just like, do things. Get lots of stuff. Do things that you would ne- normally do when you just log into the game. So, yeah. and. Other than that, I started, I had spotted an anime that I had been meaning to kind of watch some months ago. I just put it in my Crunchyroll queue, but I hadn't gotten around to watching it. So this one is, it's kind of referred to as Dakaichi, and that's just a, all right, so there's a way of kind of shortening titles in Japanese where you just kind of take like, uh, two syllables and then two syllables of another word. And that's, like, they'll even do that with, like, people's names. But, uh, so, daka-ichi uh, is is short for daka retai otoko ichi Odo Sarate imasu And essentially it translates to kind of, or the way that it's being translated officially is, I'm being harassed by the sexiest man of the year. And so, this Go is, on. So this is a... Hmm a super gay show and i say that because the it's all about gay relationships it's all all male all male characters that are that are kind of involved in this stuff and the two main characters are uh, they're both in their late 20s like 27 28 uh, Takato Saijo is one of the characters and he's been kind of like at the top of the industry for several years and he's he's kind of your tsundere type. Very kind of cold and, you know, tsundere. He's super soon. And he's, and then finally, one year, this year, he's like been kind of pushed down to number two, and another kind of up-and-coming guy who had just kind of not been in the industry long, Junta Azumaya, he comes in, and Junta uh, is super smitten by Takato and basically, like, kind of forcefully pushes him into a relationship.
1: I was going to ask, like, is it one of those anime? It sounds like it's one of those anime. And
0: and the thing is, is, like, Takato has not been in any relationship ever, really. Like, apparently he hasn't had a girlfriend or boyfriend or anything before this, even though he's in his late 20s. Like, they're both, like, 27, 28, so... Um, they're not, they're not like super young. And I think that, I kind of, I, I like that. That's kind of, I, I like the fact that it's sort of like slightly older characters. But yeah. Eh. And so Takato's kind of the kind of slim tsundere type. And Junta's like kind of the larger buff guy and kind of just a big teddy bear. And yeah, it's, it's fun. Uh, it's not particularly graphic though they occasionally do there's there okay there is some graphic stuff but in any case it's fun the characters are engaging they're kind of fun they're layered they have kind of reasons why they are the way they are it's now just starting to get into sort of their past histories like Takato he was a child actor and so he's been in the business since he was like a little kid so he has of his own story and then there are some more characters who are starting to get rolled in and it kind of to make it into more of a triangle or a polygon type of a thing going on you know ayagi has kind of stepped in just now into the episode i just finished with uh, as a sort of a rival but yeah it's 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 fun and it's kind of light in a lot of ways sure As those animes typically are. Yeah, and, you know, and, but hits on, like, you know, kind of real feelings of, like, whenever you're in a relationship, like, how people feel, and that's kind of, yeah, I like it. I've been enjoying it a lot. So, Uh, yeah. Uh, Not for everybody, obviously, but I've been enjoying it a lot. I think it's fun, and, yeah, and you can watch it on Crunchyroll for free. I, so I have my premium membership on there, but yeah uh that's yeah, I didn't really get up to that much stuff this week. I was super pretty super busy this week so uh so that's busy kind of it for
1: me, busy weeks all around it seems, yeah, yeah, all right, that does mean it's time for news again apologies, Henry, I thought we'd kind of all done the our weeks were boring and nothing happened doc, but
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: There we go. Uh, we Very, have a lot. We got a lot of news,
1: uh, but like a lot yeah. of quick stuff to get through. And I think I want to start off with my favorite news of the week, just because it's in defiance of God and everything we thought we knew about video games. Apparently, Konami's gaming division isn't completely shut down.
2: Wait, what? it's not. I heard they all—they just like yeah, we're we're closing it out. I... When you say you mean Pachinko got like is coming back. No!
1: uh, So there's some rumors going around, and again, this is all kind of unconfirmed stuff, that the the rumor was that Konami had actually shut down its video game division. Konami's out Mm. there saying, nah, we didn't do that yet. If you believe Konami, that's on you. They have not made a video game in quite some time, and maybe this means they're gonna start licensing shit out, which could potentially be
0: cool, but... They've made games, just not uh, well, it's like the, the Pro Evolution Soccer series yeah. still continues, and that's theirs. But yeah, not a lot of games to be honest. Yeah, and so yeah, it's more of a consolidation. And I always forget they make they, shit like just...
1: UBO games still. Like I, most people don't even register in my brain as games anymore.
0: <laughs> but yeah, hmm. they. It's more of a internal restructuring, which just which also does mean that like they probably are. I think this is a sign that they're kind of slimming down their entire gaming division. Yeah. It seems like, I mean, if they're consolidating what was three different divisions, who, there there again, there's a theory that those three divisions each could be working on a game separately. Yeah. Now it's down into one, that means, like, whatever their output has been, which has not been much, it's about to be less. It's gotta
1: be low. (laughs) I guess, sticking with our Japan theme, um... Toshihiro Negoshi did I pronounce that correct one Henry?
0: Yeah. Uh check that out. Uh, yeah, uh yeah, no. Yeah, that's that's pretty close, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, you you uh, fans of this podcast and the yakuza franchise may know this man as uh basically Mr. Yakuza. He's very frequently kind of the, one of the public figures out there. He looks like he maybe is a character in his own goddamn game, which is part of the fun of it, I think. But yeah, so he has apparently been on the board of directors for Sega for a little while. I don't remember this happening, but it may have also been a, he's always been there kind of thing. But he has, he is leaving the board. He's staying with Sega for the time being, but as of, yeah, he's kind of departing part of his role at Sega, I guess. not clear what this means just yet, but it also appears he may have been pushed out some, so... Yeah, this is also the same guy that got in trouble for mocking Puyo Puyo last year two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Not much there. Hopefully this does not bode badly for the Yakuza franchise, but also it'd be kind of cool to see what he would want to make that's not a Yakuza game to a certain extent. Like He was also very complimentary of Ghost of Tsushima, actually. He was one of the guys that was out in front of that where it's like, man, why the fuck didn't Japan make this game?
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: stick with video game public figures Craig Smith the voice of video game Sonic not movie Sonic is stepping down from the role he's retiring from it Um, no word on his replacements just yet but if you've been a fan of the Sega games over the last what two decades how long have they had voice acting for
0: 15 years Uh, uh, well for Sonic 10 years specifically for Sonic about 10 years he is retiring from Sonic.
1: he's hoping the person that replaces him has a totally different voice, that just fucks with the fan base.
0: Yep. And I guess there is speculation that the movie Sonic voice actor might actually take over, but we'll see. That'd be cool. Uh, he did a good uh, job.
2: John yeah. fucking Ralphio is going to take over.
0: Yeah, possibly. He's done. He's already been doing a lot of yeah. like voice acting as it is. He does. He's for for one
1: the new, uh, oh, yeah, series. Yeah. That's so, right. I oh, no, know. Part of why he's so good at John Ralphio was kind of, he's making his back end industry as doing a lot of voice actor work and appearing in some very kind of counter to what people think he plays roles. Like he was on a, what the hell was that show called? Um, not dirt. Was, it was a Showtime show that was just about the worst people possible and had the collection of like three actors. It was Don Cheadle, uh, The woman who was the lead in uh, The Good Place, whose name I'm blanking on right now, and the guy who played John Ralphio, playing just some of the worst people ever kind of thing, and you're like, how the Uh, fuck did this show happen?
0: I think possibly House of Lies?
1: Yes, that's the show I'm thinking of, yes. Mm. Fantastic show about some of the worst people ever. Yes, I was a huge fan of that show when it was airing. Sticking with our public figures in video game news, I suppose, we got two Somewhat tragic ones. Um, uh, Jeanette Mouse. Mouse? Pro- I apologize if i pronouncing your name correctly. Who was a voice actor and did some performance work for the upcoming Resident Evil Village has passed away at a tragically young age. Uh,
0: had been fighting uh, colon cancer, apparently. And
1: also Mike Nash, a designer over at Horizon Zero Dawn, has also passed
2: Yeah, I mean, she didn't just do voice work, but she was also like... yeah. She was basically the model for one of the witches in the Resident Evil. Yeah, Village. she did performance
1: work too. Yeah, she yeah she is a full time actor, an actor who did all kind of. In the evolving role that is the voice actor for the video game industry, which is turning more into a mocap and voice acting and other stuff, actor she did it all kind mm-hmm. of thing. Her most recent role was going to be one of the witches from Village. That's, sorry, I should have explained that one better. You are correct, Henry and Alex. Want to talk about Cyberpunk?
0: Sure.
1: Uh, we got a couple cyberpunk news we're going to start off with the dumbest news which is that in some Tesla models they can now run cyberpunk not that you should do that because that sounds like a terrible idea but yeah. some of the newer models they got especially moving forward they will be powerful enough if you can get them equipped with kind of game ready equipment I, for one, can't think of anything more cyberpunk than putting a glitchy-ass game into a Tesla and then <laughs> having that thing crash your car while you're driving for some reason, but the fuck do I know? The whole hacking Teslas to put games on them thing, I, I get it, but also scares the loving fuck out of me. I-, I don't want Grand Theft Auto installable on a computer that goes into a car, ever. I think it already is, and that terrifies me. But on to kind of less car-based cyberpunk news, we got two more stories, three more stories, actually. Uh, Some of that patch we talked about last week, well, they've released a patch to patch the patch.
3: (laughs) Good.
2: (laughs) Good use of time. Let's patch the patch.
1: No, they've patched the patch with a patch, Alex. It's three-patch. Oh.
2: It's
1: patch Q. Three-patch? Yeah. Because the patch ah. was patching things that required patching already from a previous patch that was patching the base game.
2: Gotcha. Now so it's all coming together. Technically, this is
1: the patch for the patch for the patch for the patch for the, patch for the buggy-ass game that maybe you should have stayed in the oven a little longer. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's cyberpunk at this point. I feel shitty to say that already, but it's cyberpunk. In the same vein of that, uh, you can now get refunds for physical copies in the most confusing-ass-backward way possible.
0: So, yeah, with that, they are basically... CD Projekt Red is telling people to keep, the for now, keep the copies of their physical, uh, if they bought a physical copy. But they've already given them, they already are starting to give out refunds for those already. That is, they'll get refunded for the game, and then they're going to figure out the logistics of shipping it back to them. Yeah, that's the thing that's gonna be happening, I guess. What if we just like make a
1: bin or something that you throw your cyberpunk game into it, and if you can like take a picture of yourself doing that, you get the refund. Like that feels like the correct approach at this point, or like an ice cream truck <laughs> that goes city to city picking up cyberpunk copies. Yeah. You hand them the disc and they hand you the refund and an ice cream cone and go, We're sorry, and they drive off into the sunset.
0: Uh, yep. None i wonder this works how much in longer in a currently
1: tesla world or not tesla Tam um, covid world my bad
0: yeah i i wonder how much longer cyberpunk is going to keep giving us news it's it's going to be forever remembered not for being like a you know good and engaging game but because I... but for its disastrous launch no it so. won't
1: because the witcher was also pretty bad when it came out like this will pull a Witcher. I don't think we will quite pull as much of a Witcher, but people will in ten years' time, like when this game is fixed modded to the gills and a variety of other modded to the gills and actually fixed by CD Projekt Red and a variety of other things. This will be one of those games that on certain gaming forums we post jokes about, like, remember this fucking forgotten gem that sold ten million copies in an hour? No one ever talks about it anymore! <laughs> It came out ten fucking years ago, you idiots. Yeah, it'll be me taking pictures in my garage in ten years of like, Hey, I found the source code for my Cyberpunk 2077 download on this piece of paper inside a box of other pieces of paper that encodes on it. Give me Reddit points for it! Why the fuck am I doing that voice for this? Yeah, that game's doing fine, it's done fine, it will be remembered as the most cyberpunk-ass game possible, both for launching in the worst state possible and then fixing itself over time with hacks and user-generated content and whatever. I'm also super excited for the DLC for that game. They've confirmed two are coming, and there still is the multiplayer mode coming, which I don't know what the fuck that is for that game, but it could be cool. But speaking of mods... Cyberpunk has put the kibosh, uh, they, so they officially added mod support to the game in this past week, which is cool, and then immediately had to put the kibosh on people putting
0: mods in it like you have sex with Keanu Reeves. And I, oh, yeah. I, I think the interesting thing that that there is, and, and it does bring up, this has already come up before, uh, with, with putting an, you know, a live person's actual likeness into a game. Yeah. And then, like, having some sort of a nude or sex mod. I don't know if you remember, but uh, uh, Elliot Page was in a game some time ago. Yeah. And somebody kind of did that. And that's the thing, it's like... <sighs> Which one was that? It's... Beyond
1: Two Souls? I... No, yeah. wasn't it?
2: Like, last... No, it wasn't the first last
0: no it, uh, it, no, 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 it was a,
1: um... Oh, God, a Crystal Dynamic Joint? It was one of, um fuck i'm blanking on his name the uh two human people or not two human. The robot gave out apartheid that was written by a guy that never understood that racism existed previously he thought he fixed oh yeah. It. Uh,
0: yeah 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 <sighs> uh all it, detroit beyond yes human,
1: yeah. yeah it was that one because they took a bunch I of really was, creepy mocap
0: uh yeah i yeah i just didn't remember but in any case yeah this is the same thing and that i think it's so it's yeah and that's they way the way they approached is this is basically a un you know a unlicensed use of this character's you know of this person's you know of of this person's likeness and that's the way that's the kind of way they approach this because that's the only way they really could <laughs> prevent it is and and I think that it does bring up a real weird issue of having these likenesses of, you know, real people in a game, you know, as if, you know, because unlike a movie, you can't really go into a movie and change that around the way you can mod a game. That's just...
1: Uh, you can't make new footage for a movie unless you, know, make more footage for a movie. Video games, yeah. if you have the assets, you have the assets. And the game we were talking about was indeed Beyond Two Souls, a game I'm mad I know the title of.
0: Yep. <laughs> Um yeah, Beyond Two Souls. But yeah, that's uh yeah, that was uh that was a huge thing and that was involving the same thing. But I think they, they took the right approach here. That is, they're like, you don't get to use Keanu Reeves likeness like this. That's you know, we we paid him a certain amount to be able to use his likeness here and, and paid him for the work that he did. And you can't utilize it for this purpose. Well, I can I get that. I actually, I get that. No, I think, no, I think, the I think right they're having the right here.
1: reaction. I also think it's one of those yeah. ones where based on the absolute ridiculous bullshit that happened with The Witcher 3 and all the Geralt sex mods and stuff, which mm-hmm. just got like hilariously out of hand and kind of like, what the fuck is wrong with people? The fact that there wasn't like a hey, this might happen when this game opens up the mod conversation had beforehand surprised me some, I guess, because I said mod support for this game was happening. I'm like, oh shit, we're going to have a bunch of people making sex scenes with Keanu Reeves. Fan fucking tastic. Yep. So that's a thing. That's your cyberpunk corner of the week, I guess. I uh, want to kind of keep with talking about romances for a second or go back to kind of people in the gaming industry of public.
0: Surprise us. <laughs> ah, folks, so yeah. about- Let's talk about Kevin dice. Hart.
1: Uh, Borderlands is cast Kevin Hart as Roland for the upcoming Borderlands movie which every time I forget that movie's happening they do seem to remind me it's happening and my brain starts to hurt again why would you make a movie out of that thing I, I mean Jumanji was good so I got hope but also but also fuck it Kevin Hart as Roland not who I'd pick but also yeah fuck it why not why the fuck not he'll have fun with that role I suspect And I guess to kind of rewind back to a topic we talked about last week, some more news has come out about the romance options in Mass Effect. And again, I'm going to have the same reaction of, man, that makes way more sense now that they've said that was cut content that was supposed to be in there at one point in time than what we got because the uh, character of Jacob was supposed to be a gay romance option in that game. Again, that character makes way more sense if that's on the table. Like The romance option for him with Fem Shep is awkward and bad and just kind of uncomfortable. I, Yeah, it feels very weird. It feels like someone repurposed it. It's like, yeah, you can do this, but also you could do this. And yeah, fuck it. That's another thing we've learned. Makes a lot of sense. We got a game delay, the Gollum video game, which I don't think any of us remembered was happening has been delayed till 2022. It's supposed to come out this year. It got bumped back to next year, so... yeah. I don't know why they're making that.
0: Yeah, I don't either.
1: (laughs) We feel it's time to tell the story of Gollum. Why? Just fucking why? Stretch
0: it out to three movies. Uh, Sure. Uh, If you want to make Gollum (laughs) movies,
1: I could be down for that to know what those movies were. If you want to tell the story of, like, how it how Gollum goes from being a normal-ass hobbit to murdering his friend to, like, Gollum. I'd be... I would watch at least one of those movies, maybe two, so long as it ends with fucking Frodo finding Gollum. Like, that has to be the final scene of the movie kind of thing. Like, complete the
0: web. I mean, I guess it would... I mean, uh, in theory, it would at least go up until, you know, uh, not Frodo, but, like, Bilbo, actually.
1: Wait, who was, the, who was the Hobbit in the first book? there that is Bilbo. I'm getting my oh, Hobbit yeah. swapped.
0: Yeah, um, but the funny thing is, if you read The Hobbit, there is there is no thought as to a larger world in which this was like a super ring of power. It was just a ring with a ring yeah. of invisibility, and that's it. And if you read The Hobbit, it's like it's pretty clear that this is this is originally meant to be a one shot. Even though he had kind of built a world that it was going to be a part of, but it was never really intended to be the Ring of Power. That was a later, you know, that's a retro, you know, whatever. Uh, Yeah, it is kind of like retro fit that back into The Hobbit. But anyways, that's completely me being a big nerd about. Ah, I've read all the books. If I can confuse
1: <laughs> the two hobbits that are the central ten uh, poles of that franchise, we can talk about The Hobbit for a couple seconds. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> where to go from here because it gets kind of like less fun and tongue-in-cheeky for a little while i it's getting to financial shit i guess because that's kind of where we're going let's start with something fun ea has formed a new studio full circle to uh, officially work on the skate franchise fuck yes hashtag skate Four. a lot of people like skate yeah i like skate I'm not sure I'd play another skate game, but I also am not sure I'd play another Tony Hawk game. Like, I skate a lot. Skateboard games are fun as long as they're done correctly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, this is this is very true. Yeah,
1: Hitman Three has officially recouped its entire costs or its cost in a single week of sales, which is fucking fantastic. We covered that earlier, but yeah, congrats on that one, Hitman. You absolutely inter- deserve it.
0: Yeah, and the interesting thing there is they it's it's a bigger even bigger story because this is the first time that the studio produced and developed it so they did all the yeah. kind of promotion and the marketing as well as the release of the game onto platforms and all of that so that's a big jump to go from just being a studio that does development to a studio that does all of it
1: and you remember this company used to be part of Sweeney at the the last yeah. two games, has been talk about kind of how that uh, relationship has been complicated for IOI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, but uh, yeah. Where to from here? Um, This gets bad moving forward, I guess. Huh. I'm going to save that one for later. Uh, Want to talk about Activision? Sure. Oh, boy. I... So, Activision took the... Uh, how do you even talk about this us being like Activision may have been a tad racist this week and by a tad I mean kind of fucking racist. In, in sure. short Activision Blizzard is resisting kind of a call to diversify its hiring process. That's the base version of this. Vice got out there and did a report that uh, Activision Blizzard got out there and said that this kind of push for diversity in their hiring process is essentially unworkable. They don't get enough applicants for it. They don't get enough X or Y. It's The balances people are proposing just wouldn't work. Do we get a breakdown of what these proposed processes are? I guess or not really.
0: Um, You can kind of. uh, So essentially, uh, it's all right. So the proposal itself was made by AFL CIO, which is a labor. It's a labor federation. Yeah. And so yeah, it's a shareholder proposal submitted by the AFL CIO. And yeah, it was just inclusion of you know more inclusion of women and people of color into the initial pools of candidates considered for open positions. So it's not even saying you have to hire this many people. All they're asking is do you have to consider more people, like a wider amount of people when you're and the fact that there's even with that, you know that standard, Activision's still saying, Nope, we don't want to do that. And, yeah, Activision being shitty. What a you know what a fucking surprise. What a fucking
1: surprise. In that same vein, we have a return of an old favorite of this section of our podcast. By old favorite, I mean just a whipping boy we used to get on for a long time. Remember that Riot Games gender discrimination uh, lawsuit that happened, what, a year back, two years back now? Mm-hmm.
0: Going oh, back to oh, arbitration! Oh, boy. So it's it's taken some weird backward, you know, ups and downs. I thought it was weird. I thought that was
1: settled by now. Yeah.
0: And so what happened was the initial case settlement was moving towards ten million, but then like California's uh, DFEH, which is a it's about workplace practices. It's one of it's a government it's a government run organization. They said that the amount was too low, and so they sent it back to the courts, and now it's coming back from the courts and back into arbitration, which is exactly where Riot Games wants it. So this is actually not a good thing, because because to force it back into arbitration means it's, it's not a class action again. So that was the big thing, was the class action, and the general power for class action is so that people can pool their resources and pool their as well as their evidence to try to, you know, resolve, you know, resolve a court dispute, you know, in this case a labor just specifically a labor dispute. But uh yeah, so it's going back into arbitration. I don't know what that means uh fully. I just know that it means that it's not a technically a class action lawsuit anymore, so I don't know what that's going to mean.
1: But. Yeah, who who knows at this point? I think.
0: Yeah. So the lawyers they know. Yeah. Not us. Uh, all we know is where it is now. Indeed. But it's 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 been yeah it's been a weird process.
1: Ah, uh, so, yeah. Doesn't seem good even remotely. Mm-hmm. Kind of sticking with the theme of uh, truly toxic uh, studio behavior. Let's talk about Scavenger Studio, Scavenger's Studio, which we had to dig to find out a little bit of what this company has made, but holy fuck, are they infamous now, I guess is the way of saying it?
0: I... Yeah. And so this is a gamesindustry.biz investigation.
1: And for the record, broke- of our many sources we pull from, when we're pulling from game industry bot biz, like, they are the most official in some ways, which is terrifying.
0: Like, well, they're they are probably the most, in a certain sense, boring. Yeah. And I mean that in a good way, that is, they they just kind of, here's what happened, here are things that happened. They
1: are literally just a games industry business website kind of thing. like They are cut and dry and here are the facts that happened. Everything we say has ever been spoken in this voice. We don't know what emotion is.
0: Yeah, and so they spoke to nine former employees of Scavenger Studio. Now, Scavenger Studio is... Uh, the Darwin Project is, is... They've only put out really one game, so they're a relatively new company, but... What's being described is, and this is a quote: "Full predator mode, it, hostile environment to women, like degraded, infantilized, treated like they're idiots, like yeah, um, treated like they don't know what they're talking about. Just, just absolutely toxic, toxic environment. And the problem was." heads of the studio pretty much not only like turned a blind eye but were involved in promoting this type of behavior. So and this uh, this includes the uh uh the what are the project designers um uh, Simon Darvo who used to work at Ubisoft so I'm like oh okay and the CEO Emily Lamar, and those, and so apparently, like it's just a absolutely toxic, toxic environment, but and it came from the top down. That is, it was not only turned a blind eye to, but that is the bosses were actively involved in it. I mean, this is in a bad way, very mirroring what I've just seen of just this. This is a problem in in companies in general. And it's been especially, I feel like, really bad when it comes to a lot of game companies, in part because of sort of the, uh, I don't know, a push for just programming and computers in general, as well as just gaming as like more like male dominated, like overwhelmingly male dominated. And so you get a lot of toxic masculinity. There's, there's, I, we won't go into the s- specific stories, but there are pretty fucking bad yeah it's going you can go into mm. game game games biz and read it for yourself but it's just like i've been in studio uh, i the companies that i've worked with are generally weren't like that internally like there wasn't that sort of thing going on because i myself wouldn't put up with that like that for me personally I'm willing to take a fall if it means taking a stand. And so I, 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 it just, but you know what other people have different. Well, it's like for them, their paycheck is supporting a family. I'm, you know, I don't have a family. Like I'm just me. (laughs) And so I don't really have to, I'm not really, I don't really have to kind of stay mums to keep a job that I need to support my family. I don't have a family. (laughs) That is, I don't have children. Or I don't have a partner. I don't have children. So, yeah, it's. But I am glad that at least we're starting to see this outed. Like, we're starting to see these stories come out and people, at least in some cases, taking some level of responsibility. And so that's kind of the second part of this. So, as a result, some of the fallout, the CEO has stepped down. And the creative designer, uh, creative director, Simon Darvo, has been suspended. So not fired yet, but yeah, another person's going to step up into CEO, uh, someone named Daisy Lily Best. And so yeah, this, so apparently it wasn't just kind of allegations, there was some... The fact that you're seeing like a CEO step down and you know, they're against the people at the top being suspended for this means that this was a serious thing that actually was apparently happening. This, this was, this isn't just speculation at this point. This is, this, this is kind of like evidence that there was an awful environment there. And I mean, I, I someday I want hope that we get to a point where. We don't have to report on stories like this because they've been, you know, stopped from happening. That is, they that this type of behavior is not being promoted at studio at game studios anymore. But we're not there yet, apparently. I mean, we're gonna, but at least now, instead of everything being kept quiet, these we're seeing fallout. We're seeing account at least some some level of accountability here that's why often it's former employees that are talking about making these uh, making these allegations because you know risking your job is not something everybody can really just do
2: <laughs> no it's it's kind of the I mean if for lack of a better term you know we like to think that the gaming industry is all fun and games but unfortunately there's a lot of Fuck shit like this. Yep.
1: It's just not kind of in the similar vein to kind of transition from one fucked up story to a less so but equally troubling one. Let's talk about Amazon Games for a couple minutes. So mm. again, oh I, boy. Uh, a lot of game reporting is a little bit of, uh, a little bit editorial at the end of the day. But when you occasionally have companies like Bloomberg doing investigations into certain aspects of gaming, y- you have to kind of go, okay, what the actual fuck? And well, that's what happened. So. Bloomberg did a whole thing on Amazon Games, and I want to say the stuff they found in some way, shape, or form surprises me. But I we were joking. With, we started recording. I've played Crucible. The mm. any studio that creates that game, everything that they kind of quote unearthed. I'm like, oh yeah that that that, that tracks. How you get this fucking game? Like, I so. You may know Amazon Games as the game studio has brought you Crucible and nothing fucking else in its existence. There is an upcoming game that MMO they're talking about. I think it's New World or something? Yeah, New World that when it was first announced we all were like, oh ha ha it's Colonialism the MMO and turns out that that game's design at one point was so problematic internally they brought in someone to go like, is this racist? They were like, yeah, it's fucking racist, what the fuck's wrong with you? (laughs) <laughs> and that got the game pushed back by a full year it's now coming out in spring 2021 so let's see what that shit show is like i uh, they detailed kind of stuff where basically it's a studio that's designed around making hot takes on other popular things a la how crucible is kind of trying to be overwatch but lacks any of the joy that is overwatch i guess I, They want to note that a bunch of people were brought on board from kind of story reasons to work on the games. Only one of them remains. And these are people from big games like Portal and Far Cry. Like, regardless of what you think of Far Cry's story, a lot of people fucking like that franchise. A lot. For the story. And they managed to drive all those people away. Unsurprisingly, given that's part of a giant tech giant, the bro culture's out of control. It seems to have the most unbelievably sexist set of policies in place, To Maybe, like, Maybe not even policies. Just people being shitty to other people in sexist ways. I, I, the list goes on. Like it's, you wish you weren't. You wish you weren't unsurprised to hear kind of what's quote wrong with this company. But we've now heard it enough times with companies like this where it's like it's like, I'm not surprised. Like this is exactly what I thought might have been going on there. Yeah, yeah. Bad
0: bad management. I mean, the head of their games division knows literally nothing about games and kept making. Terrible fucking decisions. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, he he was like the, frazzini uh, the guy's name, Mike frazzini he, alright, he just, the, the new world thing, he was the one who rejected the changes. Yeah, I mean, basically, it, it, it was like his direction of like, they didn't want to change it from how awful, absolutely awful it was. He didn't think there was anything wrong with it finally relented after like you said they brought in somebody to say yo yeah that's actually really awful yeah but in general just he didn't know what the fuck he was doing like that no point was really like he had he he didn't he just didn't know anything he's never played a video game it seems like never even played a video video game let alone managed a division for video games and he's at the very top it's like um, you're going to put somebody in charge they should at least have some familiarity with the subject matter that they're supposed to be making and we're not talking just like on.
1: I've been in a GameStop before. we're talking like okay understands what goes into maybe making a video game like that there are mm-hmm. different parts that do require different types of management yeah yeah. It again like if you're looking for something to read that's kind of depressing but also just kind of a fascinating read go check this article out it is exactly what you expect in the worst ways possible if that makes any sense like we could yeah. go on but like we just don't have the time or the interest in kind of dragging ourselves down that far and also you should go read this for yourself and make your own opinions occasionally
0: yeah there again like bloomberg kind of like what we said about the games industry is, bloomberg puts out boring news like this is just the way this is and what happened. So this is a you, know, a, you know, it's a business. It's all just business. And this is an interesting insight into just how completely and utterly dysfunctional a company is. Yeah. <laughs> that's a thing. And that's, it's, and I say this, having, like, and I can definitely say this now, like, I worked for Tryon Worlds for for a while, and I kind of knew when when I saw that they finally just like shriveled into nothing and just got sold off to another company, I was like, yep, knowing the people who were were in in charge there, that, you know, when the business people push out the video game people, that's what's going to happen, because they don't, you have to understand the subject matter you're going to be managing, or else, if you just treat it like any other business, like it's not like other businesses, it's unique. Just like other businesses are unique, I wouldn't expect a restauranteer to be able to hop into, say, I don't know, uh, uh, furniture, and suddenly just take off. I mean, you, it's. There has to be good management. There has to be good leadership. I mean, there's something to be said for actually good and meaningful leadership. And if you don't have that, then yeah, now it's like, yeah, looking at just how terrible the few games they've released are, it's like, it's really not surprising that the management there was just absolutely indiscriminate. No, and in uh,
1: I, I, this, pod, uh, this kind of news article made me go back and listen back when I was talking about Crucible and just how... Mm. I could not figure how this game came to being, and it all makes sense now. Like With the power of hindsight, I'm like, okay, yeah, I was picking up on the fact that this game was just trying to be like a bunch of other games that were trying to be this big success kind of thing. And, yeah, you expect better from a company like Amazon because they're big, and if anyone can throw dumb amounts of money around to make something cool, you'd expect them to be able to? But simultaneously, it totally makes sense. They'd make the kind of most cash grabby we know this is successful like we've seen the business models for this work out in the past games ever and yeah it's not what you want to say
0: and instead of maybe trying a few smaller titles they were pushed to just try to make all blockbusters everything has to be a triple A you know your very first titles has to be like a super triple A title it's like why don't you start something small first so you kind of get a feel for it you know it doesn't have to be like
1: the fact that their first, and I do think it's first, like, announced game ever was this fucking MMO they're making, that just seems insane to me. Like, yeah. why would you start with an MMO? Like, Lumberyard, Amazon's proprietary kind of game dev systems, big other claim to fame, is it's part of the Star Citizen debacle now.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah.
1: Oh, That's the system I think they use at this point, because of course they fucking do, because... <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh.
1: Oh, we need to move on, though. We can keep being yeah. angry and petty about this for the end of time, potentially, and there's more things to be angry and petty about, like this week's ten cent report and how they bought a chunk of a don't nod, for three hundred and sixty-three million dollars. The minority share this time, so they're not kind of flat out controlling it, but still, it's a chunk. <laughs> oh, well,
2: that's... Yeah. So, yeah, for those of you who don't know, don't nod. Uh, they uh, they're the developer for Life is Strange. Yeah,
1: and that vampire so, game, and that other game that came out recently that I can't remember the fuck it's called because all I ever tell me why, <laughs> tell me why. Yes, co- thank
3: you. Yeah.
0: Well, it ain't and nothing so, but a heartache. So they are they're a. Hot property, and this is Tencent being Tencent. Like yeah. we keep, I I keep, you know, wanting to, you know, if I see news about them, I usually am like, yeah, we need to report on that because Tencent is just making a lot of incredibly strategic moves. Yeah, I mean, you talk about a company that's like, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm making no statement on like good Tencent or bad Tencent. Just like Tencent is buying a lot of video game companies. Holy crap! I don't know how many they have under their, you know, have some sort of stake in now, but it's a, it's a lot. They're spreading their, basically, they're spreading their control over, not necessarily control, but their money over quite a lot of major companies in the industry. I mean, yeah. So, it's yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, it's not surprising. Their
2: cash cow is fucking League of Legends.
0: Mm-hmm. Like... They've got
2: the money. Just that, that alone, I'm sure, is just generating so much revenue for them that mm-hmm. they can literally go out and just buy out other studios. Like,
0: yep, and that's I what mean, they're I, doing.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, it's not surprising when you see, like, Microsoft starting to sweep up studios. They started doing that, too. Like, mm-hmm. Not surprising, but, like, Tencent, 2 is just coming down. Like,
1: if there's one thing I like about this and I feel weird saying like is that they are buying my... Uh, not. They're buying that minority stakes for the most part. Like Hypothetically, that means on paper that some of the culture around those studios won't necessarily have to change as you'd expect with a majority stake. It's still but that unsettling at the end of the day that one company kind of owns big chunks of everything. We'll kind of get into maybe why you should not be okay with that in a couple minutes when we get to our final news article this week. But yeah. Hey, cent pumping money into the games industry through questionable means. And by that, I mean being a giant, sprawling megacorp. Now that we've kind of slogged through all that, let's give you a quick palate cleanser right, to, to lift your spirits up after this long slog of news. Uh, the Ori charity, yes, an Ori in the Flying Forest and the Will of the Wisp, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they raised 58000 bucks for Rainforest. Go Ori.
0: So how they did that was be, during one basically just one week they agreed to hand over all of their all of the basically everything that they got for purchases of Ori and the Blind Forest as well as Ori and the Will of Wisps specifically on the Nintendo Switch and for that week they basically collected and gave all of those proceeds not just like profits but in 100% of the proceeds to the Rainforest Trust. So that will, essentially, it's money, that amount of money will be able to protect approximately 29,000 acres of rainforest habitat. Pretty big chunk, so that's that's good.
1: And while we're talking about the Switch, let's go back to an old story we've been talking about on and off, which feels for, like, years at this point, it may actually have been <laughs> Joy-Con.
2: That's all fixed, right? We took care of that? Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Not even remotely, so the BEUC, or the European Consumer Organization, has called for a launch of an investigation into the Joy-Con drift after receiving 25,000 complaints about this talk.
0: And that's across several countries uh, across Europe, and so the BEUC represents 44 independent consumer organizations across Europe. So that's a lot of that's a lot of complaints. Yeah, and and so from a statement straight from the BEUC, eighty-eight percent of cases the game controllers broke within the first two years of use. So yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. So I mean, there is there is It's I guess we're not going to hear the end of it until it's ended. Yeah. Part of me just kind of assumes this is an
1: unfixable at this point. Like, there's something about Joy-Cons that's because of their very self-contained and motion-driven nature, just kind of forever fucked, if that makes any sense.
0: See, and I'm very familiar with, with like joystick drift. That is like, it's one of the reasons, like, my 360 controller, or at least one of my 360 controllers, I, I got, the drift got so bad, I just couldn't use it anymore. But yeah. also, I have been using it for many, 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 many years. Yeah, at this point. controllers wear out like, kind of
1: thing. It's why people have stockpiles yeah. of certain controllers going back decades. Oh, God, I feel old when I say that occasionally.
0: But, <laughs> yeah, in this case, they're wearing out like whatever, you know, mechanism that they put into the Joy Cons original. It was just made out of, I, I guess, either the design of it. Or the materials involved were faulty.
1: Yeah, I, I stand by, I think, the Joy-Cons are one of the cheapest feeling controllers I've ever held that's from a mainstream developer, I guess. Like, I expect the Mad Cats or the Kony knockoff controllers to feel appropriately jank. The Joy-Cons have always felt a little bit, kind of, a little too Tiger Electronic for my taste. I know we use that phrase again. describe. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, they've never felt good to me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and- I I've 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 played a Switch a few times uh, on a friend you know, a friend's system. I don't own one myself, but yeah, I was like, actually, that joystick just doesn't feel great, and this kind of feels like a toy. Yeah, I will like, go so far as like to a say a
1: it, It's weird. Like, I think the Wii U's like base pad thing that was fine. I'll go so far as to say the last like mainstream generic controller that uh, that Nintendo has made that felt good. Was maybe the gamecube like i the Wii U was fine, no, not the Wii u the Wii was fine, but like even that's build quality I think occasionally felt a little sus to me when I was playing with i I don't light. know
0: I think that the build quality for the for the for the remote for the Wii remotes was actually super high in that they were more likely to break your television than to break oh, themselves yeah,
1: that's almost anything though too like i as someone with big hands, I guess the wii remote. Commo- the remotes were always a little small. Like, I had to use yeah, that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's...
0: But I'm talking about the actual build quality of like, the electronics inside. No, so aside, and I... That's those thing. things were very hardy, then. When, when is... you have
1: big hands and starting to have to kind of hold things in weird ways to make them feel comfortable, that, like, the plastic on those things felt a tad shifty to me, I guess, but also, I may have had bad controllers. I think we, like, slacked... Like, we, at one point, modded ours to put these, like, rechargeable things on the back, which helped it by pulling the thickness, essentially, and that definitely seemed hmm. to improve it some, but yeah, I, but yeah, the nunchucks felt fine. The actual re- Wiimotes are what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, and the Wii, so the Wiimote itself, I felt like, was like the, the electronics inside were super high quality that they were very hardy, like.
1: Not sure, Especially
0: yeah. considering the amount of things that were inside of them, which included, you know, uh, two gravometers, which you, you, those detect the tilt.
1: Technology terms are made up
0: as well as uh, the infrared camera. They all had an infrared camera, and then that's how they detected the their position in space, and then the buttons themselves, everything is like, those things were built already. Like, they use extremely good electronic components underneath. Like, even if maybe the plastic didn't feel as high quality, but the actual electronic components inside were like indestructible. Like, it, I I was incredibly impressed with how sturdy the internals of those were. Like they just didn't stop working, no matter what you did to them. Throw them against the wall, they'll break your. They'll put a hole in your wall before they break. Type of strength, and and so that's why it's so shocking when these Joy Cons, while they also feel kind of light and cheap, their obviously their internal components are also. Not up to not up the standards that were they were very low quality. That's that's the thing that kind of got me after having seeing such high quality electronic components in the Wii remotes to see the Joy Cons as such very apparently low quality. Yeah, kind of a that was kind of surprising. Yeah, I
3: had
1: more likes I thought it was going to. In all honesty, know if We had this many opinions about Nintendo controllers.
0: I, I'm I mean I he, am a controller nerd. Like That's fair. I even I even own odd controllers just because I like I mean if you if you ever watch me streaming you can see behind me there is a Oni 3 sword controller sitting behind me, which was one of the very early mass market motion detectors. I think it's
1: finally lost time because I should have found it when I was going through my garage but I think I finally have lost my uh, GameCube chainsaw controller from the RE4 that came out for it.
0: Yeah, I like the odd controllers like that. There's a, I didn't pick that up but I had thought about it, one for uh, uh, Final Fantasy X-2 which is uh, based on the guns that, that that the main character uses in one of her costumes. I didn't know that's even a thing
1: for that game. Interesting. Yeah.
0: And it unfortunately it doesn't actually work like guns, but it's a controller. That'd be far too logical. Yeah. I mean it doesn't work like a light gun or anything like that, so but yeah. I yeah, i I am definitely always interested in controllers and hardware and I mean it's why I have a Sega mouse for my Saturn.
1: Alex, Henry's saying sentences again that I'm not sure how old he is by saying them. It's an old fashioned <laughs> sentence, my dude. Ah. would run from that, I guess. RuneScape's developer, Jagex, has been sold again. Or I guess more purchased again? I... Yeah. Ah, uh, Jagex, what the fuck is going on with you? So. They've been acquired by the Carlisle Group. Uh, nothing Scotch-swilly about that name, even remotely. This is, what, the fifth yeah. time in, like, five years they've been bought? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and the price has actually gone up a decent amount for each time. I mean, it first Just got out... weird,
0: bought out considering this is RuneScape. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, they first got bought out, for was it in 2016, for $230 million. And then, in four years, it was it? Uh, yeah, in tw- in 2020, so they literally got bought out again a year later. Yeah. So this is
1: the third the first, time, not yeah. the fifth time. My bad, my bad.
2: Yeah, third time in five years. So, but yeah, they got bought out a second time for $530 million, and that was just last year!
0: RuneScape so who
2: reconfirmed?
0: Knows? And R- RuneScape Big Comeback, Inc. It is actually like the 20th year anniversary of it it's it's been around a while it kind of blows my mind that's been around for two decades I,
1: yeah <sighs> i'm more amazed we're still talking about it two decades Let like, to put my letter kenny hat on for a second uh things i could fucking watch all goddamn day happen is counter-strike uh get to rest uh getting banned for gambling it just fills my heart with such warmth and happiness to (laughs) see this type of bullshit still going on in the world like some good old fashioned honest to god corruption and match fixing ah it's it's the bomb that keeps me going on this podcast tends to talk about this shit so you may remember a few months back we were talking about how this happened and well happened again apparently and it keeps happening I, yeah, it's it's old fashioned match fixing and betting in ways that maybe you shouldn't if you're you know competing in a tournament. But yeah, this uh, I just love it's Counter Strike that has these problems.
2: Counter Strike still has a really strong following. It's not surprising yeah. at all. But yeah, yeah, I mean, not not surprising at all that they're also getting busted for a lot of. Uh, gambling things. There's been a lot of gambling controversy in general when Mm -hmm. it comes to Counter-Strike. I mean, it feels like it's one of those things with like, um, back in baseball when you had, uh, was it Jose Canseco betting? Illegally betting on games or something like that? I think it was Jose Canseco. But yeah. Um, not surprising. I mean, hell, I think even Michael Jordan used to do some pretty sketch bets. Michael Jordan. I, back in the
1: day. Have you heard the crazy conspiracy theory about He's, Michael Jordan? He was a bad
2: gambler. He is a really bad gambler. Yes,
1: he is. He also has a gambling He's problem. But like the theory basically is like his return to the like, him starting on the Wizards was because of how bad his gambling got. Yeah.
2: Ooh. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yeah, that's not surprising at nope. all. Considering he lose bets all the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, not only was he a bad gambler, he's he was a gambler. I know, like
1: it's it's the weird ones, yeah. like being a gambling addict and being good at it. Like it's it's a problem, but it's not the biggest problem. Being bad at it and having a problem—that's
0: a problem.
2: Yeah.
1: But I guess while we're talking about gambling, let's talk about the biggest gamble of possibly our lifetimes. In some weird ways, from a financial sector standpoint, this isn't traditional video game news. And we are say the phrase, Alex.
2: Stunks.
1: I was gonna say we're not financial uh, advisors. Yeah,
2: (laughs) we we're 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 not financial. Sorry, I got ahead of myself.
1: Yeah, we we are not financial advisors. So anything we say in the next. 10 minutes should be like if you come into this podcast like being okay how full of shit are alex henry and charlie good good take that notch it up to all the way 11 on that scale and proceed with caution for the rest of this episode if we had some debate about whether or not we even should talk about this but it's too entertaining not to talk about and well it does technically (gasps) involve
2: gamestop
1: Yeah, technically it
2: involves GameStop, but also like in the most
1: not at all involving GameStop way possible. So, welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast presents
2: Moneyball. What's
1: the correct (laughs) phrasing for this financial corner we're finding ourselves in that no one should take seriously?
2: Eh, GameStop, gaming the market. No, uh, I wouldn't even want to say yeah, that. Yeah,
1: no, I'm. Uh, that's. It that seems like we know more than we claim to know about this. <laughs> that's that's too yeah, official. Again, phrases. not
2: financial advisors. This is not financial advice. Uh, um, but yes, I guess just let's give context on what's going on if you haven't heard. If you've been living under a rock the last couple and
1: of days. Congrats if you have. You're probably a better person for not being like as in on this as we three are because in our own ways we all find these proceedings just fascinating
2: for all the wrong reasons all the right reasons too yeah so just to kind of give you cliff notes of what's going on uh there is a huge hedge fund uh company that basically was shorting gamestop stock which is a standard practice for some you know some of these hedge funds to basically bet that these businesses are going to fail They've done it for a long time, especially happened during. Uh, it actually happened with Volkswagen in 2008, I believe. You may remember this and practice
1: from the, you know, 2008 financial crisis. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, exactly. So, but I guess what's interesting this time around, and given it's, I think it's kind of just the availability of information on the internet and all that stuff. Some guy from Reddit, um, specifically the subreddit Wall Street,
1: which has, we will talk about in a second, because it's important to know that place for context.
2: Yes. Um basically noticed that not only were these stocks being shorted but they were being shorted above the actual amount of stock that was available. So they were above like I think they were like 140% shorted mm-hmm. which is you would think is not possible but here we are. Yeah. Um so everyone so they basically bet GameStop was going to fail which given what was going on with GameStop even uh, without COVID, GameStop
1: was gonna fail yeah. seems like a safe bet. Mm-hmm. I mean
2: that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, even before that. And then just with COVID happening, you know, it just it made sense. Go back and listen like to the... it last year of us talking about GameStop on this podcast. It's logical. Yeah. 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 So um they basically bet that it would drop, but instead, a group of or basically It started with the Wall Street Bets. They basically decided to pump money into the stock. So what happens is the stock price goes up instead of down, which means that instead of getting money for shorting the stock, these hedge funds now owe the retail investors money to buy out the stock because they're contractually obligated to do so. Which then
1: drives the stock Um, up as the major in-demand item at that point.
2: Yeah, and as long as the people who own the stock don't sell, it forces the price to go up higher and higher because these shorts have to be paid off. Mm-hmm. Kind so of and thing, f- which is why
1: Sorry, keep going. Go ahead, I want to I want to in a second before okay. we kind of go too deep into this. We keep going.
2: Okay, which which is why you have like you're gonna see posts and I'm sure you saw like airplane stuff and uh I think they even <laughs> they even rented out a billboard at the New York Stock Exchange that said GameStop go burr. So yeah. Uh, Basically now the price has shot up for a crazy amount. By the way, for no reason of GameStop's own. GameStop Yeah. GameStop has literally done nothing. They are literally the 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 rope in a tug of war right now between hedge funds. If you've ever kind of wondered
1: how the fuck does the stock market work, this last week should have shown you it doesn't. Like it's
2: it's It's a fucking casino. and,
1: And let's take a step back and it's now important to give some context on what actual the fuck wall street bets is and i it's a chunk of red that's gotten a lot of attention because of this and prior to this wall street bets was a place where you'd kind of go to maybe find some long shots but mostly see videos or gifs or kind of stories of people that like made a shit ton of money off some long shot and then like dumped it all into a second long shot and then lost like twenty thirty thousand dollars they didn't necessarily have or like rock themselves into bankruptcy in the matter of seconds. That is what yeah. Wall Street bets was for ever. It was kind of this like weird libertarian mythos around that nightmare. I.
2: It's I, I think the best description they've had, and actually on their subreddit is if 4chan found a Bloomberg. Term, yeah, it yep. essentially is what it yeah, is. It, the, yeah, the place is and
1: always has been a like ranging from a tad problematic to. Holy fuck this is kind of like parts of the worst parts of the internet put into the financial sector just talking semi intellectually about Wall Street like it is yeah. it is a nightmare that in many ways it is dangerous it has this much publicity and if you're like I'm going to go there for advice in the future don't don't just don't no,
2: you you literally go there and you've got them saying eight by eight by banana Ape hold banana banana price go up like that's literally the kind of shit you'll see yeah. on there. Like there are between all the like ableist language uh, because so just a warning if that kind of stuff you know gets you they do have a lot of ableist language on there. Like it's yeah it's these are, a these these, the these, are, these are these
0: uh, are yeah these are bigots and all right they're can I, I describe just
1: like the R. Donald of the financial world which I think the R. Donald yeah. actually is but also like. It's not an inaccurate description of the sub's mentality. Yeah.
2: It's kinda it's a weird mix. Like, uh, I I've been I've been I've been following Wall Street's Reds for a long time. They do use a fuck ton of A. Yeah, it's a shitty like, place. Yeah, it can be. Like, for sure. I mean, one of the things though I I guess which is weird to kinda of give them credit for is they did actually lock down the subreddit because a bunch of stuff was starting to go on there that they needed to actually try to moderate. Yes. It. Mm-hmm. And Discord, they've actually laid down a hand a lot more uh as far as I'm also on the Discord because I was just like I gotta follow and see what these people I thought are the saying. Discord
1: got
0: kicked off, yeah. Uh, it got
2: kicked off but it got brought okay. back.
0: Yeah it's got brought but back they're doing
2: they're doing a lot more severe moderation and like actually I will say whenever somebody uses some borderline racist language they're like, hey, no fuck that. Get them mod in here. Get them out. Yeah that's which to give I mean, to give him credit, but even then, it's not that much credit in the first. Yeah, place. It,
1: we're we're giving you like the it, at best that place is that fucking redneck meme of someone saying something really offensive, but like in a good way. It's like ah, oh, you've said the good thing in the worst way possible. Congratulations. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a
1: good way. Yeah, to put it. that is what that yeah, sub is.
2: So that place is not financial advice. We're not telling you that it's financial advice. They'll like, tell you they they're not financial
1: you. advice.
2: They they tell you all the time we're like we're just a bunch of morons essentially. Yeah. The
1: stock market so, is gambling. Uh, do not spend money on stocks. You do not have etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Do not overexert yourself. Like yeah, that that's our giant fuck off disclaimer. You,
0: it's one of those. Yeah. The best way to win the game is not to play yes. at all.
1: So yeah. so why are we talking about this here? Cause game stuff. Well, because of GameStop. Because
2: of GameStop. Ooh.
0: So, but yeah. Yeah. I don't think there really is any, any more said about it. Yeah,
1: uh, so, uh, basically, what's happening is that uh, because of the mass buying of the stock, they're going to force a variety of financial institutions that bet against GameStop to liquidate a lot of assets. And if this goes as they think it's going to, it could be a big moment for a lot of people and a lot of things does not change the fact that currently GameStop stock is sitting at like what's it like 300 bucks something? something yep yeah where it was
2: Mind like you, 4 bucks a week and a half mm-hmm. ago give yeah. or take so the the guy who originally started posting about all that stuff on there is a guy named deep fucking value and he started with a bunch of shares at 50 cents yeah. and then he bought a couple more at $14 But he he spent fifty K of his own money and I think he's like the big person they're following now because every time at the end of the day when the when the stock market closes he posts what his gains or losses are and like he basically hasn't sold anything and he's up forty million as a result.
1: And so again, like keep that in mind. Like if you're looking at this as like the next big way to make money, it could be, but also don't. Like it's too late for a lot of you to get in.
2: There is a, there is no guarantee. Like, again, this is all, again, speculative, because who knows what kind of stuff will happen as far as bailouts and things like that go. But essentially where we are right now is GameStop is literally caught in the middle between a war of retail investors and hedge funds. And I have to say, I'm loving every single fucking second of just uh, this- Personal opinion. I love it because fuck these hedge funds. So
1: Yeah. I, I, I would yeah. love it more if it wasn't Wall Street Bets involved in it, but at the same time, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, Wall Street Bets, go for the throw. Like it's it's me yeah. just sitting there being like, What the fuck is like it's like we're a month into twenty twenty one and this is what's going on? Like do you, do you two see the meme where it's the picture from the Captain in the Woods where it's like, Who saw Redditors go to war with Wall Street over GameStop? On their bingo board. Oh, i like, have been using that since COVID started yeah, and yeah. all that
0: stuff. Yeah, I've seen it. And that. it's kind of, for me, again, not having any skin in the game here. Like, I'm not involved at all in this. I haven't bought in or anything with it. I'm just sitting on the side. I'm like, yes, people that I don't like keep kicking each other in the crotch over and over again. I'm just going to sit over here and laugh.
1: Yeah. And if you're sitting here going, like, well, does this help GameStop in any way? It helps no. the upper echelons of GameStop, maybe, but the majority of employees that are getting fucked by COVID right now.
0: No. No. Not at all.
1: Yeah. If this isn't a good guy yeah. GameStop moment. This isn't a like go Reddit for like fixing GameStop. It's No, it's We are literally only talking about this because it's GameStop. Like it's only as meme worthy as it is in some ways because GameStop. Like it's Every part of this is dumb in its own special way. Mm-hmm. And you should be concerned about it, but also GameStop to the moon. I hate everything to right the now. Moon! I hate everything right
2: now. To the moon! Indeed. But yeah, so. Um, yeah, again, this is personal opinion, not financial advice, but I'm so glad these hedge fund guys are giving fucks. That's my enough. issue because too, the like, same- the
1: separation of I enjoy what's happening versus, like, the reality of what's happening, because it's awesome hedge funds are getting fucked, but also, I don't know what hedge funds getting fucked means for a lot of people that have, like, retirement money tied up in hedge funds. That's what I'm a tad concerned about, but again, I'm not a financial
2: expert. Yeah, well, I guess for me, at least in my experience on it, I'm just I am just glad these fucks are getting hit the way they are, because it's the same people that did the same shit and literally destroyed the market in 2008 causing millions of people to suffer through that financial crisis. I can't even remember how many people just lost their homes A lot. and mm-hmm. jobs were cut. Like yep. it was massive. Luckily, like my family got through just fine during that crisis, but I was very fortunate. My family was very lucky and like that's the thing like when you go into Wall Street Bets subreddit, you read stories of like People who've literally like who lost everything. At that yeah, the point, amount of you know, this that's just
1: who... vengeance for some people is fascinating. Yeah,
2: like and, and like I know there's a bunch of memes and dumb shit that gets posted on Wall Street. Back that's the it's mostly that. that. Mm-hmm. But you go in there and you read some of the stories of some of the people of the shit they went through. Like there was one that like kind of got me that I was like, wow, It was one about a family that. They were doing okay, but the neighbors weren't doing so well, so the dad hired the neighbors to do stuff around the house so they could have a sense of, like, feel like they've earned some income where it doesn't feel like they're getting a handout yeah. kind of thing because, you know, I mean, pride's a bitch sometimes. And, like, so they made it to the way so you don't feel shame of, like, just having to receive help during this whole crisis. And this family, like, yeah, he like he watched people get decimated. And, like, I I know people who lost homes and all that yeah. stuff. So, for me, this is like... Was it Schadenfreude? Is Schadenfreude, that what it is? yes. Schadenfreude just maxed the fuck out. Because I sincerely... Like, there's not a lot of people I dislike, but sincerely hope these guys get royally fucked. It probably won't happen, because when when the, the little guy is waiting, they're like, oh, no, not, not like that. You can't... <laughs> don't bootstraps yourself like this, guys. Damn, these bootstrap's
1: so. are really powerful when they lash together.
2: Yeah, so yeah, you're going to see a lot more of this this isn't the end of it, there's going to be a continuing thing, especially because they're still saying, oh, the squeeze is coming, the squeeze is coming but I don't know when, again nobody knows for sure, but not financial advice or anything like that but yes, this is essentially what's going on GameStop has not revolutionized the gaming industry in any way, in any shape or form they're literally just the road In a rare, in kind
1: of timely SNL moment they did a "Does it still Works, and they had kind of a fake GME guy on there, and it was like, "Has anything GameStop has done in the last week justified this increase in stock?" No, no, <laughs> no. We we will never do this. We 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 buy video games at criminally low prices and then sell them to people at basically new prices. We have a yeah. dying business model.
2: I think one of my favorite little memes that came out of there was one like. GameStop has been training us for this moment all along because they taught us to hold our games instead of selling them for a cheap fucking price back to GameStop. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah, my favorite one I saw was the Family Guy with the fish, where it's like, "I'll take care of you, so you can take care of me." In my old age, it's two giant fish. Peter Griffin like a hospital bed. They're like, "Do whatever the fuck you can to save this man." It's GameStop versus Wall Street. That <laughs> labels appropriately.
2: Yeah. No. Of course. I don't know why I yeah. love that meme. No, yeah, and like, I don't, okay, so there's also some like really interesting stories that have come out of it that I that are gaming related that I thought were kind of cool. But there are some stories of like a guy who uh, who took the profits he's made so far from the GameStop stock and bought a bunch of Nintendo Switches and donated yeah, them to uh, a local children's hospital. Amongst this whole
1: mayhem, there have been some genuinely uplifting like nerds and geeks in the Reddit crowd doing good stuff with the money they're making off this insane situation.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Which I thought was really, like, kind of fucking cool. I mean, between them buying literal, like, planes flying around saying, like, fuck Robin Hood and, you know, GameStop stock go brr, you have, like, people legit doing, like, donations to stuff. And 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 it's important to keep
1: that duality in mind because that level of meme bullshit is just as much Wall Street bets as the rest of this have been. Like, the moment people are like, oh, I'm yep. buying billboards. Yes. I'm like, yeah, that tracks. That's exactly what Wall Street bets would do with money. Yeah,
2: yeah. there's billboards. There's the billboards they're buying. They had, Like, the one that I was talking about with the plane, some guy literally bought a chartered plane thing to fly around the headquarters of Robin Hood with the band that said, fuck Robin yeah. Hood. And then, yeah, between that... The New York stock exchange or the New York... Like, somebody bought an actual giant New York billboard where it said I think you, you rent know, time on burr. them,
1: technically, but yeah.
2: Yeah, you rent time on the electronic boards, but yeah. It's literally just the thing that says DME Go Burr. Like, that's on one side of the spectrum, and then on the other side you have, like, the dudes who are buying, like, Nintendo Switches for children's hospitals. That's someone paying for, like,
1: heart transplants for some kids or something like that. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, some guy literally wrote, like, hey, I just wrote my mom a check for my sister's Lyme disease treatment. Like, this is the kind of shit, like, these are real lives and all that stuff that's that's hitting, so, like...
1: Again, not to make you go invest in this thing, but, like, this is, for some people, some fucking change-their-lives money moments, kind of. Exactly. wave, Mm -hmm. I think, is past us, by the time you're hearing this, like, Go do your own due diligence. And again, we are not financial advisors. Nothing we say is true or even accurate. Please do not take us at word. We're not going to do shit. But yeah, you, you could see some very big, real change come out of this, hopefully. Or a shit ton of people going to move a shit ton of money. So Wall Street bets. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>
2: Power to the players, guys.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel dirty.
2: Yeah. No, it's crazy. And I guess the last note I'll make on this is when you have an event that has literally tried to bring AOC, Ted Cruz, Elon Musk, like, all these people who would never, like, you would normally see in, like, a co space, we're like, yeah, no, I'm down for now
1: it. Are their powers combined? On. Here we are. Yep.
2: That being said, yeah, that being said, Ted Cruz is still a piece of yeah, shit. Scott, I don't like being
1: on the same tide as Ted Cruz. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't either. AOC doesn't either. She, yeah, she, yeah she no, I had a response to that. that. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, and like it's funny because you see all these people, like, yeah, no, this is this is like <laughs> these guys are literally doing it forever, and now when the li- the little realtor investor is doing it, like, yeah, That's fucking great.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, <laughs> hey, hold on, uh, Henry, you're from uh, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Okay. Somebody, somebody actually posted saying they bought a billboard in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma that was just like, we're not leaving GME and then fucking emojis on a fucking billboard.
1: Money well fucking spent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I hate all of
2: this. Oh, it's, it's fucking great. Uh, and man. may it
1: be many years before we talk about the stonk market ever again here on this podcast in an earnest way. Oh, God. Yeah. We are so out of our comfort zone. It's ridiculous on this one. Yep. But yes, that's GameStop, Stonk, thing, video games. May next week be more normal.
2: Mm -hmm. Stonks only go up. No, no, they don't. That's
1: a dangerous thing to say, Alex.
2: Stonks only go up. Money printer go burner. Money printer go (laughs) burner. Not financial advice. Not financial advice! Don't listen to me, but money printer go burn! We
1: have to move on from that not financial advice. <laughs> I, I, I've never felt so compelled to say what they fucking say on that subreddit right now, but no I shouldn't because I'm like, that's not a thing you should say anymore. It's like, no, 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 it's not right anymore. I now. will say all the my, things. My, all my, the- my
0: final statement is, fuck the stock market, it's a bullshit thing that shouldn't yeah. fucking exist.
1: And if we learn anything from this week, it's probably yep. that. But moving yeah. way uh, the fuck off, so- we, we need to cut this off because we can keep memeing forever on this if we so chose. I'm sorry, Alex. I'm cutting off this one. We okay, have to move on. La- last,
2: last last, thing on this. Fine. This, this event has been so monumental or just huge, it made John Stewart join Twitter. This is off topic real quick, but John Stewart officially joined fucking Twitter, and his first post was literally talking shit about Wall Street Insiders. Yep. That was just great. Yep. Yes. So anyway, that was it for me.
1: Indeed. We do not have any emails this week to get through, but we can they can be sent into to wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Again, wicked at gmail.com. Spell as it sounds. Down in the show notes, et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully next week will be a tad more normal. Please do not email us about the GameStop situation with questions or comments. I'm just gonna throw that one out there right now. I don't want to see them. I we did a real I surface do. level dive on that. Find Alex's <laughs> Twitter or his Instagram or his Twitch and send them to Alex specifically. If there's good ones, maybe we'll talk about them. But I don't want to turn this into that podcast. Like, we're a gaming podcast. The <laughs> cage has a weird food obsession and or fetish, depending on how you think about it. I, it's...
2: I, will, I will also just tell you that if you message me with a legitimate question about the GameStop shit, I'm probably just going to reply with some dumb mean yeah, shit that's... to you. I will literally just be like Money Printer, go brr, asterisk, not financial advice. Like, that's literally what I will t- send you. So... That being said, I look forward to seeing what anybody sends this week. Maybe online. All the oh. social medias. <laughs> <Don't>
1: message, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send us emails at wickedawesomecast at gmail.com com. As it sounds, down the show notes. You know the drill by now. We're easy to find. We have a Twitter and Instagram, I guess. But that more or less does it for this just incredibly strange week in Wicked Awesome Cast history. I've When I started this podcast, I never thought we'd be talking about GameStop stock, but here we are, 235-some-odd episodes later, doing just that, and me going, the fuck has my life become? Why are there so many episodes of this? Why are we talking about anything? Why isn't the world burned down yet? Who knows? I miss (laughs) GameTrailers.com. But, yeah, I... Anything you two want to talk about before we close this
2: shit out? Uh, no. Other than you can check me out on my social medias. Uh, Mave Online across the board. That's, that's Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Gaming, Twitch. Basically, most of the social medias. If you do Mave Online, there's a very good chance you'll find me.
1: Anything
0: from you, Henry? Yeah, I am KrakenZero, that's spelled Z-E-R-Zero, and I'm on Twitch and on Instagram and Facebook. I do not have a Twitter. I will probably never have a Twitter. I, yeah, I don't don't think I have any use for it. I wouldn't use it enough. It would just be another mirror. As it is, my Facebook is just a mirror for my Instagram. So, (laughs) in any case, that's where I am. I might actually find some time to stream a little bit this week, but yeah. Uh, if I am streaming, I'll usually post on Instagram and Facebook about it first. So if not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not streaming. Uh, and it may be there again. I do a lot of different types of streams. Like I'll do maker streams, I do video game streams. I may even end up doing a few music streams. That's me on social media.
1: Well, me and Alex do have a big announcement, I guess, for this week. The uh, much. Threatened karate kid (laughs) podcast is finally here as timely as anything we've ever done uh you can go check out the crane and the cobra our our new podcast dedicated exclusively to the karate kid the episode zero is up right now if you want to go get sold into that rss feed get your subscription going and the first episode will grace your earbuds or ear holes or upside the face i don't know why i'm talking like this come friday after this podcast goes up i do not know what our recording schedule is going to be like for that so releases may be a tad sporadic it is our dive on the original karate kid movie i i think it has a couple genuine moments to it it's worth listening to in that regard uh I don't think we say anything necessarily groundbreaking about the Karate Kid, but if you want to hear me and Alex talk about the Karate Kid, go check it the fuck out, or if you just kind of enjoy our bullshit. It's definitely more of that, so,
2: yeah. Yeah, there is definitely a really cool moment I won't spoil during the podcast, but, well, I don't even say cool, but it was a very, I guess, just a really interesting moment that happens during the podcast. I don't want to spoil it, but, yeah.
1: We have successfully established that uh, Daniel yeah. Russo is indeed the villain of the Karate Kid franchise.
2: He's not the villain. Fuck out of here with that! We actually kept count with incidents we talked about. I don't know. Not the villain.
1: <laughs> My tally board just says Daniel Russo scumbag forever.
2: I also want to point out when we were looking through the show notes on that. Charlie literally had a single document, and the only thing in it was David Russo, or was it Daniel Russo, whatever, is an asshole. Just
1: copy like a like hundred That's literally times. all that was in it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's all that was in it.
1: I take my work seriously. Very seriously.
3: Yeah, <laughs> But yeah,
1: you can find us on down in the show notes as well as our social media links. I'm Mordak, M-O-R-D-4-K. goach I'll, I'll try to remember to throw a Cobra thing in there as well. I'm not sure I did the linking for that, but yeah. Go check that out too if you want. Um, Who wants to close it out this week?
2: Cue the (laughs) medal!